Welcome to the Leadership Void Podcast. Enrique and Vince here, and we're all about helping you develop and fill the areas of void in your leadership. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Leadership Void Podcast. I'm Enrique, my co-host Vince, with a special Central Florida guest. I love this brother, and I'm so happy to have him on the show today, but I'll let Vince introduce. Uh, yes, good morning, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, we are excited to continue our lineup of dynamic speakers. As Enrique pointed out, we're back in Central Florida to speak with Ali Braswell, the Vice President of Cultural Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Start Credit Union. Welcome to be on the show, uh, Ali. So let's just dive in and start by telling us a little bit about you. Well, Enrique and Vince, thanks so much for having me join you um, in, in this format, this forum, you know, love you right back brothers. And, you know, that's what we got to do is stand together, support each other. So when you all extended the invitation, how could I not say yes? And I'm glad to be joining you here. And to tell you about my role with Vistar, a uh, little short over almost nine months ago, I joined Vistar. Uh, which is a, uh, the largest uh, credit union in Northeast Florida. It's the 16th largest in the nation and the number one lender. Uh, so I say all that to say in our 68 year history has been all about serving people. And so nine months ago, they decided to launch into the diversity, equity, inclusion space to have their own program. So I was delighted to be selected to come in and build and lead that program. And it's just been an unbelievable nine months. In fact, earlier this week, we held the first ever virtual summit on, um, for women in the month of uh, Women's History Month on the topic of, of intersectionality, how sometimes when different dimensions of diversity come together, we end up being marginalized even more. But you know, with our CEO and our leadership team, we wanna change that narrative to where these intersections become positives, where if you happen to be, uh, a woman and you happen to be Hispanic or you're African-American, that that's not a, a downside to you. That's a plus for an organization and that they're bringing in new innovative ideas, different experiences that help the organizations compete. And so I'm excited to be leading that work and we can talk about more of what else is going on, but great to be here with you this morning. And we're fortunate to have you this morning. Um, and. Uh, you know, you started this new role nine months new, right? Brand new. And, and, and you're getting to take it from the ground up and I see nothing but great stuff ahead. So tell us a little bit uh, about your specific role with uh, Vistar. Uh, you know, that's a great question, uh, Enrique. And so when you think about my role um, as the Vice President of Cultural Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, we've actually brought culture and DEI together so that what we're doing is based upon our, our census of our employees, we're building a culture where everyone has a sense of belonging. Uh, so coming in, we had to write a diversity and inclusion policy uh, because there, didn't, there wasn't one, but how can you have a foundation for something if you don't have a, a grassroots uh, effort that defines what we're gonna go do and what we're hoping to achieve? So we wrote our, our uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion policy, equity being the key word there, uh, and then we also rolled out our visions and goals for 2020, of which was standing up employee resource groups, groups that never existed before around the protected classes of the uh, Civil Rights Act, but also expanding that into social networks. So 
I'm very proud to tell you, and I got the gray hair to prove it, that in nine months, we rolled out uh, 10 Vistar resource groups uh, from La Voz de Miente to S Shades of Success to our veterans group to viability that deals with disability to young professionals and then social networks around some of the age dimensions like our older, wiser, livelier seniors, otherwise known as the owls, and to our, our pals group where parents are leaders too, which you know in 2020 really did pay out because parents had to do everything from be uh, employed to mom to dad to teacher, you know, so and husband and wife. We still had to fit those roles in, but this group came together, you know, really uh, organically to say, how do we help each other cope through 2020 and deal with this new normal of working and living and and um, just existing in a, in a crazy environment where we were home most of the time, but still having multiple roles. So. In rolling out those groups, um, it was a lot of passion, but I'll tell you the key to our success, our secret sauce was our people. Our people who really wanted to be able to engage and they drove it. And uh, I'm, if, if that wasn't enough, we, we finished the year strong and jumped right into planning the Women's Summit on Intersectionality. Uh, and our goal is not just to celebrate the particular months of the year, but to have the diversity, equity, inclusion lens extend to every aspect of our business that is a part of our strategic plan and our business plan. And that as uh, departmental leaders hire, uh, promote and acquire new talent, that we're doing that on the most diverse means as possible. And we're creating the word, like I said, equity, equitable solutions and equitable thought. So uh, when you look at it, we'll be focused around workforce and we'll also be focused on supplier diversity, uh, which is leading the way in the credit union industry because less than less than 36% of credit unions are doing any type of diversity, equity, inclusion program. And then even you cut that in half around supplier diversity. So over our next three-year strategy, we're rolling out a platform and a program that we hope will have a diversity, equity, inclusion lens in all of our leadership, but also extending that down to where if you work at Viastar, you we become a destination employer where people want to come to work. You, I would just say Vistar Credit Union deserves a gold star. So, you know, uh, in inclusion and DNI. So, thank you. My hat's off to you. And interesting enough, you know, you've been employed nine months. So, you were in the thick of, of when the pandemic hit. So, obviously, you thrive. But, interesting, let's just chat about how is uh, Vistar holding up and what's on the forefront and what you're currently doing, in addition to what you mentioned at Vistar. Well, you know what, you're, you're, you're spot on. Uh, coming in right after the uh, George Floyd murder and having to deal with that, we wanted, our, our CEO made a clear statement to our community and to our employees that we were gonna stand against systemic oppression in any form and that we were gonna stand for social justice for everyone. And so one of the recurring themes coming out of the Women's Summit even was that we stand, that we stand for equity in the workplace for everyone. We stand for uh, social justice for everyone, and we stand against systemic oppression across the board. And uh, so Vistar is going to continue to lead in that way. But as you can see, we're expanding in Central Florida right now. So we're creating, it's not only um, making a statement, but it's putting our money where our mouth is by creating jobs in the different dimensions of the community that we serve. And when people really think about it, members own the credit union. So when we increase our membership and we diversify our membership, that right there is empowering. So 
uh, through our Vistar work programs, we're bringing financial literacy to the area. Um, we've opened branches in Deltona, uh, Oviedo, Sanford, and downtown Orlando, and coming soon to Kissimmee and to uh, Winter Garden and uh, Mount Dora. Uh, so as we continue to do our footprint, one of the things was to do smart expansion, but make sure that we're prepared to serve our community. And I'm so proud of our contact center because they're listening. Uh, we just uh, created our Spanish queue in our contact center to be able to begin to handle that dimension of diversity better. Because um, in our contact center, their culture is have an unbelievable performance every day so that people walk away knowing that we took care of them. When you hit our branches, it's a yes culture. Of, we want to find a way to say yes, not no. And so uh, when you bring all that together around diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's looking at people where they are and it's putting the people we serve first because they're the most important and then developing solutions like uh, over in our lending program. And I promise to take a breath here in a minute. Uh, over in our lending program, uh, one of the things we just did was take AI into the loan decision-making side. By bringing artificial intelligence in, we hope to strip away the human bias that may exist. When we looked at that, statistically, we're expecting a jump from 21 to 30% in approval loans for different backgrounds of underrepresented minority participation. So people are applying for loans, we're trying to remove that human bias that might exist. So when you hear me talk about developing diversity, equity, and inclusion lens throughout the business, it's not just on our workforce or our suppliers, it's also in how we do business and develop products and services that help. I absolutely love the motto of the call center and uh, all the initiatives. AI is so integral in a lot of the efforts that most companies are, are uh, going down the road with. Uh, and I'm sure that that's going to uh, bring in a lot of business. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, talking about, you know, future things. Uh, tell us a little bit about the things that are in the horizon for Vistar and uh, DEI and your group. So from a diversity, equity, inclusion standpoint, we just brought on a workforce uh, manager and her whole focus is how do we create diverse talent pipelines? And it's not just at the entry level, but how do we do it throughout the organization? So that even when our C-suite opens up that we're looking at um, how do we build that talent pool and how do we help train our management to remove the unconscious bias that may be inhibitors to making sure that we have as diverse a population as, as possible? And one of the ways we're doing that, uh, Enrique and Vince, is that we, we benchmark where we are. We took a census of what does our senior leadership look like and what, is, what do we aspire for it to look like? Uh, we've got a great senior team in place led by Brian Wolfberg, our CEO, and uh, their commitment to diversity is real. It's an intentional, deliberate act towards diversity. It's not lip service. Um, one of the things I asked our CEO when you know, you're in that interview process and they say, well, what questions do you have for me? I looked at Brian through our virtual world and said, are you intentional and deliberate about diversity, equity, and inclusion? And he said, most assuredly. And you know what, I'm, I'm proud to say that that's real at Vistar Credit Union. And uh, so much so that he opened our Women's Summit this week. And uh, if you get a chance to take a look at it, you can go to buystarwomensummit.org uh, and, and see the replay. But when you got a leader talking openly about his life, about the dimensions of diversity that he experiences, 
And I love it when he says, why is a young white male talking to you about diversity in the finance industry? He says, because it's time, it's overdue and we need to bring about diversity. So when diversity is the given, inclusion is the goal, but equity is what we need to talk about. And I always like to use the analogy of if we were all three of us going out here and riding down uh, the, the West Orange Trail, um, I might need a different bike. Trust me, I will, okay? With, with two metal knees, that bike's gotta be good, right? But it, it, if Vince is taller than I, he might need a, a taller bike. And if Enrique for happens to be shorter than me, then, but if we give us all the same bike, we'll have difficulty going down the West Orange Trail. But if we listen and we give you the right tool, the right vehicle for you to move, we can all travel together. And as we soldier on together, what better the experience when we can meet each other where we are and be equitable in that. And so we try to bring that principle to everything that we're doing. Uh, we're not gonna tell you that we're there overnight because that's unrealistic, but I can tell you that we're making headway. And since uh, Brian and the leadership team came in four years ago, they pledged to build a company that represented the membership and to be forward leading in this. And I can tell you that we're stepping up and doing that. It definitely sounds that way. And it reminds me of an old, uh, I'm dating myself, crusty old chief master sergeant used to say, so goes the head, so goes the body. And Brian being that head, you know, he's leading the charge and, and definitely being equitable and listening and being intentional. So that's great. So let's transition a little bit about, uh, a little bit about you sharpening the tools in your toolbox. So Ali, talk to us about your professional development. What areas do you work on to improve your capabilities as a leader? Wow, that's a good question. So uh, I am a student of John Maxwell. I'm also uh, about to complete that certification. Um, you know, but I always believe that you can learn. So I do, I read a lot. I, I consume a lot uh, to try to stay in touch with what are the going trends. I've even gone back to school to pick up an advanced certification through Cornell University on diversity to make sure my skills in this space are up to par and I'm not left behind somewhere, you too. <laughs> and uh, so I'm in the, the advanced course of Cornell and I'll finish that for the advanced certificate. And, and I always believe that, you know, I go back to Marine Corps where uh, I learned a lot was know yourself and seek self-improvement. And, you know, you know where you're, you're missing so I'm, I'm looking to fill those gaps and always to identify how I can grow because even uh, I was taught something about a year and a half ago when I uh, took an assessment on DE&I and you know, being a diversity, equity, inclusion professional, you, you're expecting to be pegging it out. And I fell into the intercultural developmental inventory at minimization. And I like, something's wrong with your test. <laughs> but when I looked at it, I really had to honestly say, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I minimize certain things that maybe I need to advance myself into thinking and change my way of thinking. And how can we do that? You do that by consuming information so that you can displace what I call myth information, M-Y-T-H, myth information with real information. A lot of times media and different stories want to drive us to the myth they want us to believe. And I'd rather provide the truth to what we should know, and that's what I do. So that's one way I sharpen my skills. I attend uh, other seminars and engage with colleagues like yourself 
so that I can learn. Because uh, one of the great things is uh, on this second trip around the 30, and, and I won't tell you how close that is, but uh, Marine Corps birthday is a good day for Allie too. Uh, but on the second trip around the 30, I still feel young and youthful and energized. And I constantly want to feed my brain and my experience with new experiences because um, I've always go back to one master sergeant, like you said, uh, master sergeant told me, don't call yourself an expert because the day you call you an expert, you're, you're dated because <laughs> things change the very next day. So constantly staying up on the trends, uh, tuning into professional development opportunities, courses and different things, listening to other colleagues. I really do like the ability to, to connect with other DEI professionals and learn from them. Hear something or a different approach to how to explain something. And it has really benefited me greatly. So I hope that answers the question. Um, but it, it's a constant seeking self-improvement, knowing what I know now, but how do I gather more? And then sharing openly with others so that they share openly with me. Yeah, I was, uh, as you was talking, and I love that professional development. Uh, I'm also a JMT uh, team member, and uh, you talked about Cornell, and I was like, yes, because I'm about to go in that venture uh, with them on the DEI space. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we get from leaders, and undoubtedly, you mentioned that master sergeant, but I gave you a good piece of advice there are a lot of people coming up right now in uh, not only in leadership, but also in DEI space, uh, culture, inclusion, and all that. Uh, what would you give an, an aspiring leader coming up right now, something that you got when you was coming up and say, man, that was golden, it got me through, and you would like to share with them today? Wow, you know, that's a great question. The, the golden nugget for me was to reach out and build relationships. Uh, because through those relationships, they're going to connect you. You're one connection away from opening the door. You remember that old uh, book? Uh, I call it old because it's been around for a while. But you remember who moved my cheese? And you, you, I, I'm always going to be that one venturing out around the corner and trying to find new. But through new relationships, you open up new nuggets and new, new opportunity and experiences. And I think uh, building key relationships and being open enough to be transparent to build real relationships are, are were keys to my success as a leader because uh, in doing that, I've been in this crazy uh, world uh, gifted enough to have someone nominate me to become a civilian aide to the Secretary of the Army. That less than 12 uh, African American individuals serve now, and over the course of 100 years since 1922. There's only been 600 plus individuals ever to serve in this role, uh, but it was through relationships. It's through then sharing your knowledge. I think as you build those relationships, you share openly what you have to give and then others pour back into you. And so someone coming up in leadership is uh, know yourself, seek self-improvement, constantly study your craft. Number two, build great relationships. And those can be mentoring relationships where you're being the mentee or you're being a mentor to somebody to help grow them into their next level. And uh, those, are the, those are two of the key nuggets. I mean, there's probably about 12 more, but those are the two that really have benefited me greatly. Well, no, thank you for sharing those two nuggets. As a man who's been twice, uh, second trip around 30, you know, we also face challenges. 
and things that trip us up. So just curious, uh, we'll, we'll love for you to share, how do you handle challenges you face or currently facing? That's a, that's a great question. And, and, and as a leader, you're gonna run into them. Uh, I think you meet them head on. I think you, but you take time to assess and remove emotion from the, the, the decisions that have to be made. Uh, when we're emotional, which as human beings we are, uh, we sometimes go down a path and then only to say, uh-oh, I, I totally misjudged this, but I'm halfway through this. Uh, so try to strip away emotion, really assess things, and uh, then come up with a game plan. So if I got a change in mindset, how do I go about educating this person that hopefully changes the mindset? Uh, being flexible, being able to pivot and give a little to gain a lot. Sometimes when you give just a couple of inches in, in your belief or where you're trying to go or the path you're going down, you can, uh, as my grandmother would say, you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. So sometimes you got to pour out a little bit of honey and, and then realize that you can give up something in order to gain a lot. And, when, and then you're going to have conflict. And sometimes you got to know which battle to fight and uh, which one to let go. And, uh, you know, a no doesn't mean no forever. It means no for now file that plan, file that idea away, go out there and build up some more uh, credibility and integrity with that particular challenge or that person or that entity, and then uh, broach it at another time where then now you got some equity in there that you can use to move forward and have people see a different thing. Uh, but there will always be challenge. The key thing is how do you react to it? I think Dr. King said it best is, um, it's not the measure of a man when things are going well, it's the measure of a man when things are challenging or tough uh, as to, to what their character is and how they move forward. And I try to live by that. So uh, I don't always get it right. I'm going to tell you straight out. There's some days that I, I have to go over there and in, 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 uh, talk to Allie, you know, as that Marine Corps uh, staff sergeant to say, hey, man, you know, this one you got to let go. <laughs> My kids will probably tell you that way. <laughs> I love those strategies, that great points uh, on facing challenges. You know, one of the things that we've been uh, posed during this last year uh, was change, right? There was a lot of change that came about this last year. And undoubtedly, just like with challenges, you have to build some strategies around change. So what strategies would you share with someone that's facing change right now or, or some that you implement yourself? You know, Enrique, you bring up a very good point. Change is inevitable. Uh, I can remember being a young sergeant over in Rota, Spain, and I, I put up on our board that, you know, change is our mission. Just when you think things are going good, something comes along, you gotta go in another direction. Um, I always tend to look at the glasses half full rather than half empty. Uh, 2020 was a tough, tough time and I don't want to diminish anyone um, of having fought through that struggle and for the families who have lost someone you know my heart goes out we lost a uh, family that were close to us during this pandemic so you know we've had a lot to deal with and what I try to do is that uh, my faith comes first I would just tell you for me that is my faith in something better bigger than myself can help me get through that if I stay focused I can uh, dealing with the challenges and the change um, and, and pivoting in the direction of positive. It's really easy to be pulled in that direction of negativity, but, you know, 
continuing to push positives, uh, feeding your mind with positives, even though, you know, sometimes like uh, my, uh, my, my bonus son that, I, that adopted me, you know, when you get older, people start uh, attaching themselves. But my bonus son says it better and I, I, I love him for it. He says, sometimes you gotta step up, but you gotta also know when to step back. So like with all the change that's going on in the world and you can consume media 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Sometimes it's good to step up, but it's also good to step back so that you can cocoon around yourself, fill yourself with the positive so that you can handle the change that's coming at you. When you do that, it's reinforcing yourself with the positive things that you know, like the Maxwell, uh, listening to John Maxwell. I was listening to him yesterday, Minute with Maxwell, and he's talking about, you know, you got to go and understand your why before you get to your wow. And, you know, Constantly reinforcing the positives in your lives help you navigate the change because change is inevitable. It's going to come. Uh, I'm going to walk out of here later today. Something's going to change. How I deal with that and face that change and based upon what I put in my, my gas tank of positives is going to help me navigate and overcome the negatives that would try to drive me in the, in the wrong direction. So um, that's the alley philosophy um, of how I deal with it. But I think through 2020, uh, there were days where it was tough. There were days where, you know, really dealing with the pandemic. And I thought we had two pandemics. We had a pandemic in terms of health, but we also had a social pandemic in dealing with racial injustice and, and civil unrest and insightful speech that just drove division. And so I, uh, for example, stepping up and consuming as much of that as I needed, but stepping back to say, I don't have to take it all in. Uh, when it came to the healthcare, I took the healthcare steps and uh, I encourage people. I am, I am one of those one point something million that are fully vaccinated. I encourage others to go out and get vaccinated and uh, let's, let's all come a part of being able to create this herd immunity so that we don't have our seniors in jeopardy. Now we're seeing our young people in jeopardy and being proponents of, of taking the steps that are right. And that's just... Uh, how I tend to manage the negativity. But I'm gonna tell you, there are days where I just really had to shelter, leverage the positives to get through. Absolutely, and you know, I, your words from your bonus son, it, it's inspiring, you know, no one that's take a step forward or need to take a step back are, are very key there. And I, I love what you shared about know yourself, seek self-improvement. And by all means, build relationships. All those are great uh, uh, accolades and great things to share with this audience. And, and thank you for being here. For folks that are listening in, Ali, how do they contact you or Vistar Credit Union? Well, you know what? You can go out to vistarcu.org and you can learn all about our credit union. You have the ability to go through membership there or you can walk into one of our branches and you know we're all over we have over 80 branches throughout uh, north and central florida now and we're continuing to grow um but if you want to reach me you can reach me at braswell a so braswell first initial a at vistarcu.org uh would love to hear from you if i can be of help or or assistance that that's what i believe in you know my quote when a friend of mine asked me ali what would you like to be remembered by i said you know what I would like to be remembered by the common denominator. And that common denominator is that we are all human. Vince and Enrique, imagine when we can just see each other as humans and the possibilities. 
when we can just approach everything with humanity and caring. And it's not about the color of our skin, our origin, our orientation, or our gender. It's just that I should care about you because you're, you're an incredible human being here experiencing this thing with me. And um, I'm just excited and want to thank both of you for uh, thinking enough of me to invite me to come and join you and share. Would love to come back at any time. But you know, the key here is keep doing what you're doing. Want to encourage you to continue going out here and fill is, filling that leadership void with great information. And I hope I've done that as well today. Uh, and that you have, uh, and we're so grateful for you joining us today. Uh, you mentioned early on, you know, the value of networking. And I remember the first time I met you, I was at a VBI session uh, back when uh, our, our dear friend Rogue uh, Gallup was uh, heading that effort. And, um, and, and so it's all been a network experience, right? That's how we ended up here today. So, uh, so thank you for being with us and sharing your experience with your new company, as well as your leadership experience and what you're doing in that regard. And folks, if you want to reach us at the Leadership Void podcast, it's as easy as the Leadership Void at gmail.com. Send us any inquiries, special guests that you would like to see on our program, veterans that are doing great things in their community and in their space, as well as, hey, if you, you, you notice we have our shirts on, if you would like for us to represent your company while we speak or during one of our sessions, we will gladly do that. And you can email us that information. But once again, Ali, thank you for being with us and providing such great insight. I'm loving what you're doing. Uh, I'm so grateful that Vice Star has decided uh, to go down this road and put all in uh, and have you head that effort. So thank you. Thanks again for having me. And you guys stay safe and healthy out there. Well, and, and my last words are that, Ali, you're doing great things. And Gold Star to Vice Star, definitely credit unit. And we are also moving next week to another dynamic speaker in the DNI space. Uh, but this individual is coming from West Virginia. So stay tuned for next Wednesday as well uh, as we start off and kick off the month of April. And speaking of the month of April, of April 1st, we're going to do our buddy check, which we call the radio check on the 1st and the 15th at 1900, which is 7 p.m. Just a space for us to get together and just, you know, chip away at that social distancing, just talk a little bit from each other's perspective, what's going on from the veteran community, military community. So we hope to see you on the 1st of April at 7 p.m. But for today, we honor Ali for being here. Thank you for the great work you're doing and Godspeed out there, brother. Same to both of you. Thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Void Podcast. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you are dealing with leadership issues, be sure to write us at theleadershipvoid at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Until next time.